0: Welcome to the 12th episode of Season 2 of Warriors Off-Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Ann Killian to discuss DeMarcus Cousins' Warriors debut. We'll be right back. Ann Killian is our award-winning sports columnist who's been known to write plenty of great stuff about the Warriors. We caught up Sunday afternoon before Warriors practice at UCLA. And thanks for joining me uh, on the pod this week. I appreciate it. Here we are, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, We're we're in the Courtyard Marriott across the street from Staples Center getting ready to go over to practice at your alma mater, UCLA. Is it is it kind of nice to be able to see the old campus while doing work?
1: Yeah, I'm psyched. I mean, it, it's the greatest campus in the world. I'm excited that uh, they will be practicing there. As we know, um, a lot of NBA players spend their summers playing at ucla and and working out a lot there so um yeah it's cool of course we're um since it's la we don't know how long it will take us to actually get to ucla uh from downtown la but we're also watching the start of the saints uh rams playoff game which i can't believe steve kerr has scheduled practice right in the middle of this championship game because he grew up a rams fan what's up with that
0: yeah and not only did he grow up a rams fan but i know they he's close personal friends with jared goff and he has kind of a personal investment because he's tight with Goff's family i know you did a great story a couple of days ago on Goff, talked to his dad um it actually worked out perfectly timing wise scheduling wise because you were planning to come down to l.a a few weeks ago before we even knew that DeMarcus was going to be making his return against the Clippers and then obviously the news comes out that he's going to be debuting against the Clippers and you were already planning to come so that worked out great what what were your biggest takeaways from his debut obviously I I think a lot of people have been quick to make grand proclamations myself included uh about how they're they could be unstoppable with DeMarcus what what was your big takeaway?
1: Well, having covered um, a lot of Olympic USA basketball teams, um, including the one that KD, Draymond, Clay, and Boogie were all on together in 2016, um, it kind of looked that way at the start. It looked like an all-star team or a, or a dream team, um, I, I think it's fun. Um, I think it's fresh. You know, DeMarcus said it felt like Christmas Day for him. And I got to be honest, it felt that way a little bit for all of us in the media because as great as this team is to cover, and obviously you spend 24-7 with them, whereas I, you know, float in and out. But But we've been covering them for a long time now, and they're a great team to cover, really talented players, really interesting guys to talk to. But it's exciting to have a new storyline and a fresh face and a really smart guy, another really articulate, interesting, um, thoughtful, unexpectedly um, uh, kind of, you know, belies his reputation as being a difficult person, at least, you know, in these early days of going, I think DeMarcus has been um, really interesting to deal with. And it's just kind of fun to have this new storyline, you know, because... um, the storylines in past January and February were, uh, okay, how are we going to get to the end of the season? And I think this not only presents a new face, but a new puzzle for the team, like an intellectual puzzle and, a, and an athletic puzzle of how to fit him in. I think um, it's a new personality, it's new chemistry, and it's also, I think, um, these guys like him and they also i think it it reminds them of how lucky they are to do what they do for a living which i think they all know that anyway but it's always a good reminder when you see someone who who you know almost had his career taken away because of an awful injury and how grateful he is to be back on the
0: basketball court didn't the other night kind of feel like a season opener again like it felt it had that vibe of you know everything's exciting there's so much optimism it felt like a totally new season you know
1: Yeah, yeah. And you and I had talked about that a little bit before the game. I mean, and it's mid-January. This is what are the dog days for an NBA team. So I think that that's only going to be a good thing for this team because it was a difficult first half and to have this kind of, you know, exciting new kind of feel Right in the middle of a season where you're, you know, trying to get to the finals for the fifth straight year, and and trying to, you know, threepeat, and all of, and trying to fend off the haters and all the questions about free agency. It's just, th- this is, I think, a good thing for this team right now.
0: And you know, just from an X's and O standpoint, it's kind of funny how. You know, uh, just a couple weeks ago, really a week ago, a lot of people were, were questioning, oh, will they actually be better with DeMarcus? You know, he might not be healthy. They might He might not be able to keep up with the pace. All it took was 15 minutes, 15 minutes yeah. for all of those questions to kind of go out the window. I mean, yes, he still has a long ways to go. He obviously fouled out. Uh, you know, he, he's not in a rhythm the way he wants to be. That's pretty clear. But... It, all that being said, it's pretty obvious that he makes them almost impossible to defend because this is a guy who can do work inside, can hit the open three pointer. Um, he's so skilled. He's also he's a phenomenal passer too. And I think a lot of the concern about him, you know, being able to keep up with the pace of their offensive system, it's kind of funny because. Even if he can't keep up with their pace, he's still a threat because he's probably the best trailer in the league. You know, he's still, he's, he can run behind the guys, camp at the top of the three point arc, and just hit threes. And that's not such a bad option either.
1: No, as we saw, his game back, he, he had three three-pointers, and he was laughing um, after the game about, you know, for the first time in probably his entire basketball career, he wasn't facing a double team and how weird that was for him. Um, and that's that's right there in the nutshell is what other teams are going to face. They can't double anyone. You know, you really can't. And yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, how he fits in, you know, his passing can start the break. He's, like you said, a great trailer. He's... Uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's fun. And and he's such a physical force. Now we saw him obviously foul out. A lot of those fouls seem to be um conditioning fouls, you know, and, and he was kind of joking about the new the new uh NBA and and um how you can't, you know, do as much as maybe you have been able to in the past. But he was grabbing and kind of hacking and, you know, seemed at times a little bit clumsy out there, a little bit, you know, he was grabbing his shorts. Conditioning is clearly an issue, but um, yeah, I think I think it's just it adds a whole different element to what we've seen from this team in the past.
0: And uh, you know, you've obviously been covering. How long exactly have you been covering Bay Area sports? <laughs> I'm not not trying to age you or anything. I'm just uh,
1: a hell of a long time um, since the early nineties.
0: Okay, yeah. so that entire time, the Warriors have not had a skilled offensive player playing center. No.
1: Uh, don't forget that the Warriors were, you know, the worst team in the league and they didn't have much skill doing anything pretty much. Um, you know, can we go back to Joe Barry Carroll? Yes,
0: that is a good uh, – I'm impressed. I'm always, the, Anyone that can pull out a Joe Barry Carroll reference proves to me that they, they know their Warriors history. He is – I was looking at the numbers. He is the last center that they had and he – played in the mid-1980s who who could do things offensively he wasn't a three-point shooter obviously but he averaged 24 a game one season um I think a lot of people kind of considered him disappointing because his his talent I'm not sure if he fully realized his potential but he uh the the Warriors have not had anyone who could be a threat in the post like that since Joe Barry Carroll that's that's how long it's been
1: yeah, it's been a long time, and of course, that those teams that he was on, I mean, his nickname was Joe Barry, Barely Cares, oh. um, so uh, he was not very popular um, as, you know, very few of those Warriors teams uh, did anything good and, and were, were, you know, whatever skill he had didn't really translate into anything good for the team. So, um, yeah, this is, this is great, and just to see, you know, him added into this, you know, unbelievable mix. Um, and I, I like the chem- I like the chemistry off the floor already. Um, I mean, you were witness to it way more than I am. But it just seems like they're having fun. Um, he's a funny guy. He's um, you know, obviously, while he was sitting on the bench watching this team for all those um, months, <coughs> he got a real sense of what it's like to be this team in the spotlight in the fishbowl. Um, and he he's kind of a private guy. He joked that. The other night that he hopes that was the last time he was going to have to sit in front of a packed media room. Well, guess what, Demarcus, it's not the last time. You're going to have to keep doing it. And if you guys get to where you want to be at the end of the year, there's going to be a lot more media. Um, but uh, I I just think it's it's an interesting exper- experiment. And I thought what Doc Rivers said the other night was interesting too. In that, you know, a lot of people were furious that the Warriors could could sign him that they felt there was a feeling that somehow they manipulated the, uh, the um, system, but it's the perfect situation for him because they could let him get healthy. There was no pressure to rush him back. They can, they can mix him in without him being double and triple teamed and being the guy and, and all those things. So it's, it's a great situation for him overall. And it's great for the
0: Warriors. And, you know, one thing I know you know even better than I do is when you want true insight on a on a player, when you want the real story, you call the mom <laughs> <laughs> and so i I called his mom a few days ago before his debut, and i I asked her you know how he was feeling and blah 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 and she said that he's the happiest she's ever seen him that he's more relaxed than she's ever seen him. I think he felt a lot of stress and pressure from being a franchise guy in Sacramento and, you know, in New Orleans and coming into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy has been a really positive thing for him. He he he's a team-oriented guy and he likes the idea of just being one of the guys as opposed to the guy. And um I think one of the coolest things I thought about the game the other night was that moment where he got the no call. He was he was obviously kind of hacked going up for a layup by Harold, and then Draymond was so upset that he unleashed on the ref because of the no call on Cousins, and then got teed up. Which how often do you see a guy get teed up for arguing a call a no call on one of his teammates? That was a cool moment that just reinforced you know, the the bond that he's already built with his teammates and the, the, the fact that these guys really have his back. And so my question, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, you can't help but kind of look ahead a little bit and ask yourself, is there a world where he could come back next season? Because I know, I know the salary cap ramifications. I know that they could only offer him a 20% raise. I know all that, but the guy is as happy as he's ever been and it feels like this is a really good situation why mess with happy right
1: well i mean he's happy because right now the situation that he personally chose you know and and you've written that that he was the one who got on the phone with bob myers and 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 bob was like are you serious like he didn't he thought it was a joke until he actually talked to him on the phone um he it's it appears to be working out and he at the end of this he may prove to everyone um that you know he's back that he's a good teammate it'll rehabilitate his image he'll um, have a maybe a ring probably a ring i would i would bet i wouldn't bet against a ring um so you know i mean he could be so happy that he would figure it out but he also having just almost had a career ending injury you know, you can't blame the guy if he's looking for a payday that will set up him and his children and his grandchildren for the rest of his life of, of their lives. You know, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a it's a life changing uh, generational payday that he could be in for. So um,
0: let, let's let see what happens. He's already made like over 80 million dollars. Well, it's easy for
1: us to say, know, but, you but know, don't mess with someone else's earning. No, power. I, know, I get it.
0: I get it. I mean, no, I'm not saying that he's going to come back next season, but it is an interesting thought because let's say he came back for a 20% pay raise. After that, they have his bird rights. So then they could offer him way more money after that. So he only needs to take a pay cut for one year.
1: Right, right. And he, I mean, he, he could. He could choose to do that. I just, I don't feel like I have any idea what any of these guys are going to do. Um, the only one I would feel confident of, thinking might end his career as a Golden State Warrior is Steph. But um, even that, I don't, I'm not sure yeah. about. So, you know, I, I, I can never guess. But I think um, the fact that he's um, happy. And, and the thing is, you know, I mean, I've, I, I didn't deal with him that much, but I've always watched him. I have, I have friends in Sacramento who are huge Kings fans. and I mean, I always felt like he, the guy got a raw deal. He was the franchise centerpiece of a dis, totally dysfunctional franchise, um, and then, you know, his reputation when he was in New Orleans was pretty good, because he wasn't he, you know, he was there with with AD, and so there was a whole different vibe for him. And you know, he is emotional, um, but I, everyone has always said he's. A, I saw him in Rio at the Olympics, and I just saw a whole different side of him than what I thought I was going to see. He was funny, he was fun, he was totally into it. Um, you know, he just seemed to be embracing the whole situation. And so, um, you know, I, I think that he's going to enjoy that too, that, you know, cause I think at, he, at heart, he's, he's a nice guy and he's going to enjoy not being the boogeyman, you know, having the bad reputation.
0: That being said, you know, he, he was still DeMarcus in his first game back in that every, every foul that was called on him he went straight at the ref and was it was pretty upset um i did notice him pull aside the ref a couple times and huddle team huddles and stuff uh and and kind of make his case which i thought was a sign of maturity um to to have a to have a diplomatic conversation with the ref as opposed to only yelling at them right after the play uh but he he is who he is. I mean, the guy's been in the league for eight-plus seasons now. I think he, he, he kind of is who he is. But um, I, I agree with you about his time in Sacramento. I mean, that was such a dysfunctional situation. There were a lot of things behind the scenes where they just really didn't treat him very well and i i don't blame him for being frustrated and uh the guy was also 19 years old uh you know when he was drafted by them and you know didn't even have a driver's license uh <laughs> when he was drafted by them which
1: is hard in sacramento to not have a driver's license
0: his mom you know drove him four hours one way to birmingham for aau practice that's that's true love and she has five other kids uh but uh no it's it's gonna be exciting uh i i'm i'm curious to see more how he does defensively because you know we saw kind of a sneak peek but the the clippers don't have any centers that are really going to scare you Harrell's improved a lot but you know there's going to be a lot tougher tests down the line i'm curious to see how he does against like a steven adams and a joel and 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 those kind of guys because they're going to need him to at least be adequate defensively
1: oh yeah but that's the thing like now they have DeMarcus Cousins in the mix when they face those kind of guys, which, you know, is just such a different element to this team. So, yeah, I mean, and I think when you you asked Steve a little bit about this um, the other night, I think it's it's really good that they're going to go on the road um, for a while, they're going to face some tough opponents, and they're going to really all be together all the time, so they're really going to learn a lot about – you know, I mean, I think in the next two weeks, these these puzzle pieces are going to fit together um, a lot more. And by the time he comes back and they ma- makes his debut at Oracle, I think um, it'll it, it'll look smooth. And I, I mean, I, I think it's going to look pretty pretty um, daunting
0: to the opponents. Can you imagine a world where they don't win the title this year? Um.
1: Well, I mean. Yeah, because I've seen how erratic they've played a lot this first half of the season but at the same time um, it does feel like a little bit of a different switch, gear shift right now um, with him with Boogie coming and I mean, I know that it's I don't know why this is like a new thing, everyone's saying, do you take the Warriors or do you take the field? And a lot of people are taking the field. I would still take the Warriors. Um, I just think there's too much talent, I think they're driven, I think they know how to perform when it counts, um which is one of the reasons I thought the Christmas Day game was so weird because it's very rare that we've seen them fall apart like that in a in a big national game but uh but it's still you know it was chris it was it was a regular season game, so I think that I think we're gonna see um yeah i th- I think at the end they're gonna be the the champions again, yeah
0: no, I it's hard to imagine. I mean, I feel like if, even if a lot of things went wrong, I mean, when they didn't win the title uh, to, against the Cavs a couple years ago, everything had to go wrong. And I feel like if if uh, they didn't win the title again this year, it would it would have to be like that, even to another level, where like just a cavalcade of injuries and everything. I think both Boogie just came and Demarcus together.
1: getting suspended for yeah, games. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I it would have to be a situation like that.
1: I don't, I don't see that happening, but you never know with injuries. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Um, but, but, if, but if they just stay the path, I, I do think that, you know, they're the prohibitive favorite.
0: Well, Anne, I, I really appreciate you joining me. It's great having you down here. That was Ann Killian, one of the Chronicle's sports columnists. I want to thank Anne for coming on. Thanks also to King Kaufman for editing this episode, and thank you for listening. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.